sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159 all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday live all across the grid. We bring you up till 11 a.m. Eastern time. So over the course of the next two hours, we'll talk about it all. A recap of NFL week number 14 coming to a close. Only a month remains in this NFL regular season to figure out the postseason hunt and what that playoff picture looks like across the league. We will certainly look at that in this opening hour. We check in around the association in the semifinals in Qatar. The 2022 World Cup underway today with Argentina and Croatia on the pitch a little bit later on on this Tuesday. Thank you for joining us here once again all across the Spiz Grizz Network. The ending of week number 14 of this NFL regular season. Last night in the desert on a Monday evening in Arizona between the Cardinals and the Patriots. New England closed as a short two and a half point favorite against Arizona with an over under of 43 and a half. And it was the Patriots utilizing a huge second half. 17 unanswered points, in fact, in those final two quarters to pull away for a 27-13 victory over the Cardinals. New England this year now, 5-2 and two against the number as a favorite this season in the NFL. They have been booked as a favorite against teams in those certain matchups where they're facing a team at a bad spot for the other. Now Arizona falls more games below 500 currently. And when you look at Arizona's record at home over the span of the last two seasons, the Cardinals now... Just 4-11 straight up at home and 5-10 and against the number over these past two seasons. So a 27-13 victory for New England. And on the third play offensively for Arizona, that opening drive of the game for the Cards, Kyler Murray goes down. He was scampering, scrambling out of the pocket. A non-contact knee injury. He had to be carted off the field with a towel over his head, visibly shaken up so bad to worse for Arizona this has been a disastrous 2022 season I would not be surprised to see shakeups in the desert to come as we look at the over under again 27 13 New England going well over their team total of 22 and a half with those 17 scored in the second half Arizona staying under their team total of 20 in a hook and the game total overall staying under as well When you look at the game last night for New England, we focused on Ramondre Stevenson being that key component of the New England offense. He also leaves the game in that opening quarter for the Patriots, so they had to find utility elsewhere, and they did. Mac Jones going over his passing yards prop last night. It closed at 227 and a hook. He finishes well over 230 at 235, did not throw a touchdown, and did have an interception, but still over his passing yards prop, a number that Mac has gone over now three times in the last six games. And when he goes under in those numbers, it's less than 200 yards. So if he is going over, he is going well over. Hunter Henry, a big night as well. 70 receiving yards 
for the tight end for New England on only three grabs and only three targets, but he filled in for Jacoby Myers, who was out. Devontae Parker was banged up in that football game as well. So a big night for New England offensively. And again, 17 unanswered in that second half with playoff implications on the line for the Pats yesterday on a Monday in Arizona. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after, live all across the grid, Sirius XM Channel 159, and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. The story for Arizona last night, Kyler Murray leaves the game in the opening offensive possession. A non-contact knee injury had to be carted off the field Colt McCoy comes in because of the game script certainly in the second half 246 passing yards James Conner 85 yards on the ground and a touchdown and DeAndre Hopkins continues to go over his receiving yards prop 75 and a half last night based on the final drive of the game 79 for D Hop Nuke has now gone over in six of his seven games playing this year at least that number of 70 five and a half Kyler Murray if you had a couple of bets on him last night look out for whatever sports book you use on FanDuel for sure they are paying out some of those wagers on him because he left the game in the opening offensive possession but last night important and this is what we are going to see over the final month now of this regular season just four weeks remaining in the regular season in the National Football League when there are playoff ramifications on one side versus the other do we use that as a part of a motivational type handicap this team needs a victory they have to stay in the playoff hunt well we saw that for new england with that big big second half the patriots now are in that seven spot in the afc playoff picture with the victory last night new england improves to seven and six straight up this year and they take over the seventh and final afc playoff spot the third and final AFC wild card picture. When you look at the Patriots make playoff odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, currently off the board, but they were plus 235, excuse me, plus 250 entering last night's game. So you could see they were on the outside looking in, but currently, and again, with that caveat we love to use, if the season were to end today, New England would be that last playoff team in the AFC playoff picture, the second consecutive year in the postseason for Mac Jones in his NFL career. When those odds are updated, we will bring them to you. But New England currently that seventh and final AFC playoff team at this moment. A tough schedule for the Patriots, though, to end out the year. Las Vegas, Cincinnati, and two divisional games. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here live on the morning after on this Tuesday on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I'm Ben Stevens. We start this new segment with some sad breaking news to pass along. Mike Leach has passed away at the age of 61. He was rushed to the hospital over the weekend. Complications due to a heart attack. The man known as the Pirate has passed away at only the age of 61. A man that had spent 21 years as a head coach in college football, just wrapping up his third in Starkville at the helm of the Mississippi State football program, 
has passed away. A man that's impact on the game of college football will live on for a very long time. When you look across the slate of CFB, the air raid offense that Mike Leach popularized and how that passing attack came to be in college football, you can look at whatever program in the country and see the impact of Mike Leach and his coaching tree. A man that was one of the most charismatic figures in all of the sport. When Mike Leach spoke, one way or the other, you were listening. Mike Leach has passed away at the age of 61. Never an easy transition, but we go back now to the National Football League as we look at the wild card race and that playoff picture around the NFL. And joining us here to do so, it is Joe Ranieri, our guy here live on a Tuesday morning, doing double duty once again, JR, hosting the early line alongside Donnie Wrightside. We missed you, though, last night, JR, at the holiday party. We're glad to have you here, though, on the Spiz Grizz early on this Tuesday. Joe, before we dive in, to the NFL, as I just said right there live on air. Mike Leach has passed away at the age of 61. You are a huge college football aficionado as well. The impact Mike Leach has had on this game that we both love so much will be felt for a very long time. Very sad news on this Tuesday morning. Terrible uh, news to wake up to here uh, today. But, you know, you were right. The legacy of Mike Leach and his coaching tree will be forever the sport will be indebted to him for a long long time uh the likes of people like lincoln riley uh cliff kingsbury you go down the list here guys both in the nfl and in the college football ranks uh him and hal mom created this uh west coast offense took it to a whole different level and changed the game um he will be certainly missed in college football uh thoughts and prayers to his players to his family um, not an easy uh, time right now for uh, Mississippi State, but uh, he will not soon uh, be forgotten, uh, that is for sure. College football owes him a, uh, a great deal for the game. Certainly so. Again, one of the most outgoing and charismatic figures in all of mm. college football. That legacy, that impact will continue to live on for the man known as the Pirate who always said, swing your sword. Thoughts and prayers mm -hmm. to the Mississippi State football program and all of Mike Leach's family as well. All right, to the NFL we go once again, Joe Ranieri. Last night in Arizona, in the desert, New England gets a win on the road, covering as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 27-13, the final against the Cardinals. The Pats now, Joe, 5-2 and two against the number as a favorite, one game above 500 straight up, 7-6. and six. They have taken care of business, has New England, against the teams they're expected to beat. They have faltered against maybe some of the better teams in the National Football League. But if the season were to end today, Joe, you know the caveat as well as anybody, New England would be that seventh and final AFC playoff team. So as you look at the AFC wildcard chase right now, in that top spot, the reigning AFC title winners in the Cincinnati Bengals, the Miami Dolphins in that number six seeded spot at this moment, and then New England vaults to number seven ahead of L.A., the Chargers held that spot yesterday following a win on Sunday night football. Joe, it seems like Cincinnati and Miami are almost shoe-ins to make the postseason. So when it comes to the mm -hmm. battle for that seventh and final AFC postseason spot, how do you evaluate this race? Well, it, the interesting part about how all of this has worked out, whether by design or the fact that the NFL has just lucked out with the scheduling, is every one of those teams battling, Ben, 
it controls their own destiny to a certain degree because they're all going to play one another. Um, you know, when you look at the Dolphins, the Jets, the Patriots, we still have a ton of games against uh, each other. The teams that they have to beat are still in front of them with four weeks left to go. So there is uh, there is not a lot of, hey, let's pack it in and uh, we'll play the next year with these teams. Every one of them, Ben, with uh, if they can win a couple of these games coming up, they're going to secure their own uh, destiny here for the playoffs this year. And really, isn't that the way you want it? Like, you know, win your game, handle your business, and you're in. You shouldn't have to be relying on another team to do uh, the work you should have done. And it's the way it's set up in the AFC. That's exactly how it's going to play out. Joe, when you look at the Finns right now, they don't have a price on the board. But again, it feels like they're into the postseason. Since he does have a number, mm -hmm. it's minus six. The Chargers, a minus 170 price, much better than that of the New York Jets, which is now plus 184. New England entering Monday Night Football was plus 250. I'm sure that number is better when it comes back on the board, but it probably will not be in minus money. The Bolts would be that team that seemed favored mm -hmm. to get in to the postseason. Joe, it's interesting as well when you compare those teams in the AFC East, the Jets and the Patriots, the Pats have beaten New York 14 straight times, including both of the season matchups this year. So a huge tiebreaker advantage if it were to come down to New England and New York for that seventh and final AFC playoff spot. Joe, as we take all of this in, like you mentioned, win your games mm -hmm. and you're going to improve your stock for the postseason here yeah. with just four weeks left in the regular season. An interesting game featuring two very intriguing teams at all points, Jorinari, to try to handicap during an NFL season. The Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers in SoFi on Sunday. The Bolts now a three-point favorite. The line opened at two and a half. Now it stands at that full key number of a field goal, Joe, at three. How do you make sense of this football game with what we have seen out of Los Angeles and the Titans now riding a three-game skid? You know, remember, um, Ben, when, when there was a stretch here where I think the Titans went, what, 8-0 uh, against the number? They were 7-1, and and they were doing the unthinkable. I mean, they started off, what, losing their first three games, and you're like, oh, stick up for Then they went on this ridiculous run, and we were like, wow, there it is. You know, the Vrabel and uh, Tannehill effect. And now we're like, oh, God, this is exactly the trash team I thought they were going to be. The only problem is... Um, the AFC uh, South, much like the NFC uh, South, is hot garbage. Um, the Titans are going to end up winning this thing in all likelihood by default. But when you have Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill turning the ball over, you're not winning. You're not winning anything. They can't come from behind. This is not one of the better Titans squads here. It just so happens they're fortunate enough to be in a division this year that is also trash. But don't sleep on those Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags keeping their hopes alive in the division with a big upset in Nashville this past weekend, week number 14, but Tennessee still a minus 550 favorite to win the AFC South. In the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills, Joe, now with a one-game lead atop the division, a minus 1,100 price to win the divisional crown at this moment. And JR, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in Western New York on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. It's a very big spread, Joe. Will this game be not competitive, as the odds would indicate here? 
than I was at the Jets-Bills game this Sunday, okay? It was 28 degrees and snowing and sleet, um, you know, left to right. If you needed heaters in SoFi Stadium, Miami, good luck on Saturday when there's another nor'easter coming ripping through the Buffalo area. It should be an awful lot of fun to watch uh, the Miami Dolphins melt, if you will, in Buffalo for this game. That number ain't high enough. There were reports, Joe, that Miami on a cold, frigid Sunday evening in Los Angeles had heaters on the (laughs) sideline inside the covered SoFi Stadium. Welcome to Western New York in December coming up on Saturday evening. That game Mm -hmm. is on Saturday, a big football game in the AFC East. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid on this Tuesday, bright and early all across the grid in Sirius XM Channel 159. You can hear it in my voice. The SportsGrid holiday party was yesterday. We missed Joe Ranieri, but he is here at least for a second consecutive segment on TMA. Joe, is it a good consolation prize at the very least to join us here on the morning after? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, honestly, being able to uh, step up there on three hours of sleep for Walsh uh, really started my day off. And then to just follow it up and be here with all you guys, uh, that's fantastic, really. It doesn't get much better than this. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, we're sharing stories in the break, and it's like Joe's like, okay, yeah, hopefully I get up there sometime for the holiday party. Thanks for having it on a Monday night. Let's just say, Joe, our producer, John James, who you'll see in a little bit, I'm surprised he is here right now. The guys went to a bar and another bar and maybe sang our hearts out doing a little karaoke last night as well. But we are here live on a Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. So that wild card chase, JR, as we're looking at it, now we Mm -hmm. turn our attention to the NFC. And for the third time this year, with the caveat we throw in, if the season were to end today, all four Mm. teams from the NFC East division would be into the playoffs. The Eagles as the divisional crown winners. The Cowboys are a certain lock in that five spot, the top wild card team at this moment. But both the Commanders and the Giants, Joe, round out the wild card chase in the NFC right now. But lurking behind, the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions. So, Joe, like we made the point with the AFC East, the NFC East still has to play each other a ton, including the Commanders Mm -hmm. and the Giants. This upcoming Sunday, the second consecutive game for Washington against New York, and they tied two Sundays ago. The Commanders Mm -hmm. had a bye, and here we are once again. We'll look at that game in the early line for it in just a moment. But, Joe, knowing the NFC East has to play each other a ton here in the final month of this NFL regular season, if you were looking at the Seahawks or the Lions, the two teams on the outside currently looking in, who do you think has a better chance of being a playoff team? 
Well, it's, it's, I mean, let's face it, the Seahawks, and I had said it here, Ben, uh, on this show uh, a couple months back, at, at some point, Geno Smith's turning into a pumpkin, people. This whole Cinderella story about, um, you know, Seattle fight, you know, getting rid of Russell Wilson and Geno, it, it, it's nice, but they've overachieved the entire year. And what you start seeing right now from the Seahawks isn't necessarily that the offense is failing, although the turnovers have always plagued Geno Smith. The problem is this defense. Who are they going to stop, Ben, on that list up there that we saw? We saw three teams from the NFC East that are absolutely going to bulldoze you on the ground if you don't stop them. And Seattle can't stop anybody. The Lions are, interestingly enough, look at what this team is doing. You want to talk about two teams on different paths right now. The Lions, would it shock me if the Lions sneak in? Absolutely not. I think the Giants are in trouble. I think Seattle's in trouble. And I think Detroit, although we've got to see if Jared Goff can actually win a game outdoors uh, this weekend against the Jets, uh, which has been his nemesis his entire career. Can he win in the cold and outdoors? Hey, everything seems to be turning up roses for Dan Campbell in Detroit. Worth a flyer, if you ask me. What a ball game for two teams in both of the conferences right now in the hunt for that third and final wild card spot. The Jets and the Lions. Right now, New York, a slight home favorite in MetLife this upcoming weekend against Detroit. The Lions, Joe, have won five of their last six games covering in all six they are nine and four against the spread so at the bare minimum those fighting dan campbells can certainly fight one of the best cover teams in the national football league the past two seasons so let's focus on those two teams joe in those final two spots in the wild card race in the nfc you can see what the odds say the seahawks favored to get in as are the commanders a 2020 all squared up even tie two weeks Mm -hmm. ago in MetLife. Then the Commanders had a bye week, and now they play the Giants for a second consecutive game, this one outside the nation's capital in Washington. It's a a three-and-a-half-point spread, Joe, in favor of the Commanders. With all that is at stake in a virtual playoff atmosphere on Sunday night, how do you break down this divisional duel? I uh, advantage Washington. I don't know how you don't. I mean, what we saw from uh, the Giants uh, as they got absolutely destroyed uh, by the Eagles, especially on the ground, yikes. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt. Listen, give Washington kudos there. What uh, Coach Rivera has been able to do, the switch to Heineke, and this team is playing right now. Not to mention, hopefully they're going to get some reinforcements on defense with Chase Young. You've got a banged-up Saquon Barkley. I mean, how are the Giants scoring points here? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. And that's the problem uh, against this defense. And let's face it, they've gotten some weapons back now, the commanders do. Yeah. Uh, would it shock us if this was a 24-10 to 10 kind of game? No, it, it would not shock me in the least bit. I think New York... Although they control their destiny to a certain degree, I think they're in trouble in this one. That line has also grown now to four and a half. It opened at three in a hook. And for a little bit of context here, Washington closed around a point and a half, two-point favorite in that game a couple of weeks ago on the road in New York. 
you would think the bye week, the week off to get a little bit healthier and then flipping it back to Washington would play even more in favor of the commanders. Of course, nobody won that game. It was a tie, Mm -hmm. making that playoff chase all the more interesting with the 7-5-1 records of both Washington and New York, but the Giants did cover as the home underdog in that matchup. New York and Washington, Joe, not on the NFC East divisional board. It's just the Eagles and the Cowboys. Philly, a near 700 favorite to win this division, also heavily favored to be the number one overall seed. In the NFC, Joe, it's only a two-game difference between these two teams. A matchup on Christmas Eve in two weekends in Dallas is going to be a huge, huge football game. So you mentioned it, Joe, earlier. Teams playing in their own fate, controlling their own destiny Mm -hmm. to the postseason. We see that across the board all week long, week number 15, including in just about 48 hours' time. In Seattle, between the Niners and the Seahawks, a huge game in the NFC West where San Francisco, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Joe, again, with all the stakes that go into Thursday night football between San Fran and Seattle, what can we expect from this matchup? Yeah, well, going into uh, Seattle, tough place to play. I mean, I think Seattle has their backs against the wall, which is a great story. But the reality is, uh, even with their backs against the wall, they're still going to give up 250 yards on the ground. This is a sieve of a defense. You are not slowing down Christian McCaffrey. Um, Is this a shootout? No, this is going to be the 49ers doing what they do best. The defense is going to get a turnover or two. Christian McCaffrey, they're going to have no answer for. He's going to beat him on the ground. He's also going to beat him uh, catching the ball. And Brock Purdy, rookie on the road. I get all of that, guys. But right system at the right time is exactly why San Francisco should be the favorite, not only to win this game, but let's face it, maybe even win the whole NFC at this particular point. They're stacked, and they're going to show it against their rival here in Seattle. A near 2,000 favorite now. You can see the number on San Francisco. Nearly 20 to 1 to win this division. There was some thought, Joe, just last week that with Jimmy Garoppolo going down for what is expected to be the remainder of this year, not only would that affect San Francisco in their postseason outlook, but maybe even in the regular season within the division. Could Seattle make that move to catch the Niners? The odds are telling you quite the opposite, and San Francisco can make a huge statement, a huge litmus test for the young Brock Purdy as well, on the road in just two days in the Pacific Northwest against the Seahawks. So the NFC West, Joe, as we see it there, seems like it's virtually wrapped Mm -hmm. up. The odds would tell you the NFC South, should be done as well. The Bucks entered week 14, a minus 700 favorite to win the division. It's now a minus 320 number. So it feels like there's still some questions to figure out in this division, Joe, where once again, all four teams have a losing record and Tom and Tampa only a one game lead over both the Falcons and the Panthers. So just how up in the air, Joe Ranieri, is the NFC South exactly? Oh, it's totally up in the air. And it's up in the air because the Tampa Bay Bucks are hot garbage. Their coaching is terrible. Their, uh, I mean, the play that they're getting from Tom Brady is not there. He looks about as disinterested and as untrusting of that offensive line, which has been decimated this year. But the, if there are football gods, Ben, 
They will allow the Panthers to make this comeback and win this division. It will be the story of the year, and hopefully it will land Steve Wilkes, the head coaching job at Carolina, sure. which hopefully will give him more than one year to prove that he can actually do this. Very few guys would be able to do what Steve Wilkes has done with this team after they traded away all of their star players and, oh, yeah, just kind of gave him the, uh, okay, you take it from here even though we're a dumpster fire. Kudos to him uh, and kudos to this uh, this Panthers team for not mailing it in. If you can't stop the run, you ain't stopping Carolina. I think they've got a shot to uh, to upend Tampa here. It really could be that case. Steve Wilkes, by the way, took over a Panthers team that fired Matt Rule after the conclusion of week number five. At that time, Carolina was one and four. They traded away Christian McCaffrey. They are four and four under the interim should be full-time head coach Steve Wilkes. They have covered in six of their last seven games, all booked as an underdog. Joe, they'll be a slight favorite at home in Charlotte on Sunday as of right now against Pittsburgh, laying a point and a half. They haven't been booked as a favorite since week number four, the first weekend in October. Joe Ranieri, as always, you are the best. Thank you for filling in for Kevin Walsh. I'm sure he's not even awake right now. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Around the association we go, live right here on a Tuesday morning, on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Our producer, John James, joins the show now. One of the brightest basketball minds you will find across the Spiz Grizz. But two guys that had some fun at the SportsGrid holiday party last night, just talking some ball on a Tuesday morning. Shamesy guy, thank you for being here and helping us get through on this Tuesday morning. Yeah, Benny, happy to be here. The Sports Grid Holiday Party was fantastic. The Sports Grid Holiday After Party and then After After Party, to me, was the highlight of the night. My shirt may or may not have been off in the karaoke room at one point, but that's an off-air conversation for us to have, and no video evidence will be produced of that night. I think we got to bury that forever, Ben. Certainly so. I don't know if we'll get to his vocals here on the show, but John James has some pipes. We hear it in the morning. We heard it last night doing midnight karaoke somewhere in Midtown Manhattan. That's all the fun, but now we focus on the NBA. John James, not a great night for your favorite basketball team. The Boston Celtics starting a Los Angeles road trip, the first of two in L.A. The Celtics entered last night against the Clippers as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They lose by 20 inside Crypto.com Arena against the Clips. 113-93 the final last night in L.A. Jalen Brown, 21 points. Jason Tatum, 20 points, 11 boards. But it was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, the better of the dynamic pairings last night. Paul George, 26. Kawhi, 25. James, a 20-point loss. What is your main takeaway from last night in Los Angeles? I got a couple takeaways from this one, Ben, on either side. We'll start with the Clippers. The Clippers are showing to me right now that when they're healthy and when those both when both of those wing players are in the lineup, they are going to be that formidable force that everyone really expected them to be this year. Kawhi Leonard, vintage Kawhi Leonard, making his return last night and having his best game of the past season 
uh, you know, at, at least thus far this season. So Kawhi, yeah. when he's playing at that level, when you have Paul George complimenting him, that is a dangerous team, and especially when Kawhi is the best player on the floor. Now the Clippers are 6-2 this season when both of their stars play. So I know a lot of people were hating on the Clippers earlier this year. They were not living up to expectations, hovering around that 500 mark. But we're seeing what this team is capable of when their stars are healthy. And, of course, they have that bench and that depth to contend with anyone. And flipping that over to the Celtics side, I think you're seeing right now what the lack of depth is doing for this team and an 11 day road trip and you know they're they're struggling right now they drop one to the warriors over the weekend a bad loss there and now following that up with another loss against a good team in this western conference but i'm not too concerned ben because just two games ago this was the celtics team that beat the phoenix suns by 40 points you know the best team in the western conference at the time so not too many concerns for the Celtics, I think we're just seeing what happens when you're on a tough road trip and, and, and obviously missing uh, Al Horford and Robert Williams right now. You mentioned that lack of depth right now for Boston, and then you just brought him up. The Time Lord himself, the man we call Bobby Tree, Bobby Will, and Robert Williams trying to return to that Celtics lineup. Has not played really, Shames, all of this season, but we saw the drastic impact he had for Boston's run through the Eastern Eastern Conference Championship a season ago. When Robert Williams returns to that Boston lineup, what does he add for the Seas? I think he ad- the biggest thing he adds, of course, is going to be his defense, right? And that's really the, the story of the Celtics last season was Robert Williams powering that defensive unit to the league-best defense and in the playoffs being an instrumental part of them reaching the NBA Finals there. So we'll see how he comes back if he's healthy. You're seeing these averages from last year. He is a double-double machine. And how about 2.2 blocks per game, Benny? Those are not rookie numbers. That's a seasoned defensive veteran in Robert Williams who's making some serious strides right now. We actually might see Rob Williams make his return tonight against the L.A. Lakers. He is listed as questionable. So that would be a massive boost for the Celtics, of course. We can expect Robert Williams to return on a probably a pretty heavy minutes restriction. But when he is healthy and when he is playing, he is adding a massive defensive presence. And then on the offensive side, it's the passing. It's that playing out of the high post for Robert Williams and being that, uh, you know, that screen and roll threat, that vertical lob, adding some height into that Celtics lineup, who's a pretty small team right now running with Blake Griffin at center. So I'm excited for Robert Williams to come back, and I think he's going to add a massive boost to what is already the best team in the NBA right now. Yeah, still the best record in the NBA, 21-7 and so far for the Boston Celtics, the only team that has won 20 or more games in this NBA season to begin. A second straight game in Los Angeles for the Seas tonight, one of the great rivalries in all of the NBA. The Celtics and the Lakers, back-to-back games in the crypt. What do you expect on the second leg of this back-to-back, John James? Is it now a Boston bounce-back spot? I think you're going to see the Celtics playing with a lot of urgency. I might get a little bit concerned if they drop this game again here tonight, Ben. I think last night against the Clippers, they were really playing with some good pace coming out in that first quarter, and really the entire first half. In the third, you saw the Clippers start to pull away a little bit, and then the Celtics really just got buried and couldn't fight their way back. I think if they're going to win this game tonight and, and get back on the right track against the Lakers, it's going to be about closing out those full 48 minutes with the same effort in minute 47 as you have in minute two of the game. So I think that's the key for the Celtics to get it done tonight, Ben. 
No props out right now for the Celtics. We await who will be playing tonight. Again, the second leg of a back-to-back in L.A., but I would not be surprised to see big nights from both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They both scored 20-plus last night, but under their points prop, as we showed you earlier. The numbers out for Anthony Davis, 28-and-a-half. 26 and a half for LeBron James. He was taking in a huge high school basketball game last night. Sierra Canyon and Christ of King up here in Jamaica, Queens. But that game out in L.A. Bronny James against Carmelo Anthony's son, Keon Anthony. Hopefully the savior of Syracuse men's basketball. That's our plug there for John and my alma mater. Only we can hope for SU. Another really big one, though, Shamesy Guy, in the NBA tonight between the Bucks and the Warriors. We'll look at that game in just a moment. First, we dive in to those NBA title odds because we're focusing on Boston and Milwaukee. The Celtics, the favorite to win the NBA championship, plus 340, $1.40 ahead of the Bucks right now, plus 480. Both of those teams, Shames, $2 in front of where the Phoenix Suns are at 7-1. to If you were going to set some tiers right now, for the teams at the top of this NBA Finals board, where do you make those distinctions? So I would actually put the Celtics and the Bucks in the same tier right now just because, Ben, we have not seen them play head-to-head yet this season. So I think it's hard to say which team is better. The Bucks have 19 wins this year. The Celtics have 21 wins this year. The Celtics have played a few more games. And, of course, Milwaukee, we know, was missing Chris Middleton for a large part of the year. So as Middleton comes back into the fold, for Milwaukee as Robert Williams gets back in the mix for Boston. And then, of course, we see these two teams hopefully healthy square off on Christmas Day, 5 p.m. Christmas Day game. I am super pumped up for that, Benny, let me tell you. But, yeah, I think that is really the top two right now. I'm putting those two teams together. I think there is a bit of a drop-off, right? You have Phoenix there at plus 700 and the Warriors at plus 750. The books are still being very kind to Golden State right now. I understand this team is a wagon at home. They are the worst road team in the NBA right now, and that is concerning because as it stands, they're not due for a home court advantage in a potential NBA Finals matchup or even in a Western Conference Finals matchup right now as they sit towards the middle of that Western Conference. So I would say you have a clear two at the top with Milwaukee and Boston. I'm a little shaky on Golden State right now. I do believe in Phoenix. And then we talked about it before, but the L.A. Clippers, can they make some noise and keep their guys healthy enough to really be a major player in that Western Conference? That would be my second tier, Ben. It would be the the Phoenix Suns and the L.A. Clippers with the Warriors shortly outside of that. From that odds outlook, it is interesting to see the top two teams, both, of course, from the East and Boston and Milwaukee. The next four shortest prices all from the Western Conference. Speaking of those road struggles for the Dubs, Golden State on the road tonight in Milwaukee inside the Pfizer Forum. As John mentioned, the Warriors are 2-11 and on the road this year. Meanwhile, Milwaukee has been holding serve at home 12-3 in the state of Wisconsin as well. A four-point number in favor of the Bucks this evening, John Shames, knowing Golden State's road struggles and how good the Bucks have been at home. Is the trend too strong to pass up once again this evening? Oh, I am. I'm not jumping front of, jumping in front of this one, Ben. Right now, and listen, the Bucks dropped a big game at home to the Los Angeles Lakers a couple weeks ago. Probably the signature win for the Lakers this season. Anthony Davis looked incredible and outdueled Giannis in that one. So, you know, I do think that there is perhaps some vulnerability for the Milwaukee Bucks. I feel like they always seem to struggle 
in these marquee matchups at home. We always see the Philadelphia 76ers going into the five-star form and giving them a tough time as well. So I do think it's possible that you're going to see a close game here. I don't hate the idea of betting the Warriors with the four points there because I do think Mm. you're going to get a close game when it's all said and done. But in terms of an outright win, you said it, Ben. The Bucs are an absolute wagon at home, and we know the Warriors are struggling right now away from the Oracle Arena. So, you know, I I think as you're looking at this game, uh, we're going to – Follow the trend right now and, and not jump ahead of something that could get us in a bad spot. I am taking a Milwaukee on the outright win here, Benny. So the Celtics, the top team in the East. Milwaukee, the second best team out East as well. The top spot right now, the best record in the Western Conference, the New Orleans Pelicans. A big game tonight on the road in Salt Lake. The Pels, a short one-and-a-half-point favorite against the Utah Jazz, who, shames at the start of this year, were a surprising team also and New Orleans at this moment. What, and Brendan Ingram, let's not slight anybody here. When we look at New Orleans, though, John, what do you think the ceiling is for this Pelican side? Uh, can I say make it out of the Western Conference Finals because I'm holding a 24-1 to Western Conference Finals Ooh. sticking on the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> right now? I would like that. I would like that very much. And honestly, Ben, I don't think we can rule that out at all for this Pelicans team. Zion Williamson is playing at another level right now. He is entering himself, in my opinion, into the MVP conversation if he can sustain this current level of play. 35 in back-to-back games, beating the Phoenix Suns twice, who had the best record in the Western Conference, but now, of course, that does belong to New Orleans. And by the way, they're doing this without Brandon Ingram right now, who we know is a Mm. bona fide star in this league. And when he comes back, when he gets the ball in his hand, that Zion B.I. pick and roll, man, that is going to be pretty, my friend. So I do think the sky is the limit for the Pelicans. You have such a transcendent player in Zion Williamson who has shown that he is absolutely unstoppable from a physical perspective. I don't know who can contend with that in the Western Conference. The Pelicans right now plus 950. Still, Ben, a ton of value on this team. I feel like every time we check in on these Western Conference odds, the Pelicans are undervalued in the race. And you can see them sitting behind the Memphis Grizzlies and Denver Nuggets. I believe in the Pelicans more than either of those teams right now. Give me the Pels and their upside to make it out of the Western Conference. Come on, baby, 24-1. to Let's do it. And that 24 to 1 number, a lot shorter on this Tuesday morning, plus 950 now for New Orleans. Behind Denver and Memphis from the odds perspective, but ahead of both Memphis and Denver in the standings, the Grizz and the Nugs, though, the second and third best records respectively. New Orleans on a seven game win streak. Memphis has won six straight, and Denver two in a row as well. John James, that's how you do it. Fueled by Best Bagel on the morning after the Sports Grid holiday party. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out our number one the morning after live on this Tuesday right here on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday morning, the day after week number 14 of this NFL season wrapped up last night in the desert in Arizona between the Cardinals and the Patriots. And a big win 
for New England, 27-13, a huge rally effort in that second half. And the reason it was so large for the Patriots is because of the playoff implications. New England now currently occupies that seventh and final, the third and final AFC wildcard spot in the postseason landscape at this moment. But how will things end at the conclusion of this NFL regular season? That's what we asked you for two teams in the postseason chase out of the AFC East here in Fade the Public. So both New England and New York, that being the Jets, are seven and six right now looking at that seventh and final AFC playoff spot. New England currently occupies it. The Chargers also seven and six. The Jets, some ground to make up because the tiebreaker advantage, big for the Patriots over their divisional foe as the Pats won both of the season matchups this year against Kane Green. So who will make it out of the AFC East? That's what we asked you. Will the Patriots or the Jets be a playoff team? And we also included the options of both and neither. The Jets, actually, the most selected of these options right now. Interesting because New York is currently on the outside looking in, but neither not far behind. That's what the odds are saying, the neither option on the FanDuel Sportsbook, because the Bolts are a minus 170 favorite to get into the playoffs. New England's price not updated after last night, but they were plus 250 entering Monday. The Jets plus 184 at this moment. Plenty more NFL discussion as we get ready for our number two of the morning after on this Tuesday with some World Cup mixed into the fold as well. Thanks for joining us. Come back and <laughs> 